Recently, the scientific community has begun to more closely study compulsive behaviors such as gambling, sex, video games, and food addiction. What they're finding out about food addiction is something much more complex than simply overeating. And when someone is battling with food addiction, they're craving foods that are full of fat, they're full of sugar, and the most popular addictive foods are things like pizza, refined chocolate, chips, cookies, ice cream, french fries, cheeseburgers, and soda. And these can all be vices for each and every one of us. And what happens is that these types of foods, they supercharge our brain's reward system the same way that addictive drugs do. And they can override the brain's normal ability to tell an individual to stop eating. And when this happens, a person may want to continue to eat more and more. And this was the case for my guest on today's show, Braca Getz. Braca candidly shares her struggles with food addiction as a young girl and into adulthood. Her experience helped her to understand that the comfort that she was seeking through food didn't bring the lasting fulfillment that she was looking for. And inwardly, deep down, she knew that she needed something more. Join me for this enlightening conversation to find out how Braca overcame her struggle with food addiction. When it comes to women's health, there's an overwhelming amount of information out there. And honestly, it can be quite confusing. Diets, fats, trends, which one is right? What if I told you the answers to optimal health can be found in one of the most ancient medical books ever written, the Bible. If you're ready to take the guesswork out of living a healthier life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally Show. I'm Rakesia McMillan, honorably retired Air Force veteran, certified health coach, and award-winning author. After years of trying to recover my health the world's way, I was still sick, depressed, and had no energy. Finally, I surrendered to God and he showed me in the Bible how to recover my health and it rocked my world naturally. My calling is to help women who are struggling and burnout to have more energy and lose weight by using God's prescription for physical, mental, and spiritual health. If you're ready to experience extraordinary health, grab your favorite herbal tea or power smoothie and let's get ready to rock your world naturally. Hello and welcome to our show today. I am super excited about what we have in store. And I think that this is an important topic, not only for men, but particularly for women, as we are focusing on uh, setting intentions this year, as we are headed into the new year. And I'm so pleased to have a guest. She's been on our show before. Miss Braca Goats, and welcome to our show, Braca. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. I love speaking with you. Uh, it, it is wonderful to have you. And so, for those of you that have not had the pleasure of meeting uh, Braca before, I'll just give you a little bit of introduction of who she is. And so, Braca is the author of 41 children's books that are used to 
teach them about life lessons that we experience. And I would say that they're not only for children, but as an adult, we can learn so much from her books as well. Not only is she the author of, of 41 books, she is a Harvard uh, graduate, an educated individual who really has so much purpose, so many gifts that she brings to the table. And so uh, just welcome to the show, Braca. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And and what you said is is a secret that I didn't learn for a long time that when you write a children's book, mm-hmm. the little the youngest children read the books and the adults are reading the book along with the children and grandparents are reading it to the little children. And then teenagers, like they pick up the book when no one's around and and even they absorb the lessons. So really picture books Mm. are the books that can get a message to every single age. Mm. It's really an amazing thing. I love that because your work is touching various generations, the smaller, the middle, the older. So they're written really to impact all of our lives in some way. Exactly. And you could, you can absorb them on a different level. Like, even, you know, if you've read Dr. Seuss books, they, you get them on a simple level, and then you can get them on a deeper level. As you mature, kind of the books mature with you, and you understand them on on deeper levels, which is so fascinating. Mm. Yeah. And so with you being an author, Braca, how did your journey actually begin with writing books? You know, um, I think as a child, I was writing in rhyme, which I still love to do a lot. And I remember I wrote, I wrote this poem and they read it in front of like this big parent teacher conference when I was in third grade. And it was a poem about how books can take you anywhere. You know, if you read a book, you can just like travel the world. You could travel through time just by sitting there reading a book. And that's how much I love books. So I have a feeling that's what got me into it. And truth is, I'm not a big reader. I don't read a lot of adult books, but I still love picture books. Like when I go to someone's house, it's the first thing I go for is the picture books to see if I can find a book I haven't read yet. I love it. it, It's like, it's my favorite thing because it's the simplicity that I love. I don't like a lot of words, you know, I like Mm -hmm. the simplicity. Mm. I I, I like expressing deep, deep concepts in the simplest way possible. And so I wasn't brought up in a spiritual way. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what caused an emptiness in me that I was searching for for years. So I try to write the books that I wished I had as a child, books that give young children spiritual wisdom from early on, and it gives them the tools for joy in life so they don't have to play catch up the rest of their lives like like I had to, really, and like many people have to. Right. So surrounding your world with books as a child really had a major impact on you, Braca. 
And so what would you say to whether it's a parent, a mentor regarding the opportunity to influence their their children with books at an early age? Yeah, and it's it's also a very cozy experience when you read to a child who doesn't yet read, you are you're sitting together, you're absorbing the experience together. It's a whole different thing than watching a video together or being on a device together. Mm-hmm. The book is somehow more intimate and more cozy mm-hmm. and you have this incredible experience of discovery together. Mm-hmm. And plus you, and you reread it again and again when you have a book you reread it children love repetition so it really it really um makes an impact on the soul it's like engraved on the soul of a child Mm. the books that they read when they're very young and that's so true because even as you were saying that brock of that i remember my mother my grandmother she worked for a a publishing scott foreman publishing company and every summer she would send books home over the summer we didn't get to like we were always reading and when you said that when a parent sits down with a child to read that book it's another level or a different level of connection that you can't get by watching tv together by playing a, a video game together it is a lo- another level of connection and i would certainly agree because i remember some of those most intimate times like with our mother like we used to love to have her read to us as children. Like that was like that one of the highlights of what we loved. It wasn't like going out doing something. It wasn't Amazing. it was just being in her presence, hearing her read a book to us. Amazing. I you have such an amazing voice that I imagine that you reading would be incredible too, because you have this very calm and soothing voice. If your mother has that voice too, it must be like the most amazing experience, you know? <laughs> oh, and I and I say I get that a lot from my my mother because we learn that from her. And just having that in my mother, I'm, I feel like I'm a, with how they say a chip off the old block in a sense. Yes. Like I'm a reflection yes. of my mother yes. because when she would read and I really attribute that. And I would really say even today, Bracca, as an adult, like the foundation that I got in reading as a child, hearing my mother, having her have us to read helped to develop me as an adult woman. Because I love to read. So I've instilled that in my children. Like, yes, it's just something that I never knew how impactful reading would be to me in my childhood. Now that I'm an adult woman, like I never knew how strong of a foundation that would set for me, even in the work that I do now. Correct. That's right. And I was thinking about it when you're both watching TV together, the TV is giving it to you. But when you're reading the book, 
it's the mother passing it on to the child. It's not coming from the TV. It's like really a sharing between the two people. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's especially a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and something too, like in the work that I do, like my background is also like as a clinical social worker. So we do a lot of study in the area of like attachment theory in younger years. So between the ages of infancy to six years old are the times when the greatest and the healthiest attachments are formed. And even as we're sitting here talking, um, Braca, just about the book and reading into the life of a child, I truly believe and know without a shadow of a doubt, that is one of the main ways to increase that bond or that attachment that that mother has to that child through reading. Beautiful. I love how you love how you express that. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that, you know, with your books, you've been able to share your life with um, teaching children, teaching adults across the generations. And so you've had your own personal experience and you actually wrote a memoir entitled Searching for God in the Garbage. And tell us a little bit about your memoir, Braca, and how that came about and developed. Sure. It starts from, it goes from age 12 to age 32. It's, It's an unusual book because I, I actually had my old diary that I started at age 12 and I took excerpts from it. I didn't really write the book, I compiled it. So it's got excerpts from my diary, which when I became older, it turned into a journal. So I journal, diary, journal, and then letters that I wrote home Mm -hmm. as I was getting older. So you, and plus I filled in the missing pieces that weren't, that weren't preserved in writing. So it's kind of like a documentary in, Mm. in, in a book form because it's real (laughs) and you actually see me developing the eating disordered behavior Mm. and then you see me healing and when I found the old diary, that's when it became clear to me that there was a thread running through my life because I finally began to understand why when I finally found the spiritual nourishment that I was searching for, why did I no longer have the need for the food addictions? What did one thing have to do with the other? Mm. How, and, and, and so the book is like a psychological mystery that I solve at the end. And that's really what happened. Because as I put the book together, I came to understand what, what, what did one thing have to do with the other? Why did finding spiritual fulfillment fill my hungry soul so that I no longer, it was a hunger. It was a genuine hunger, yes. but it wasn't a physical hunger. And a lot of eating disordered behavior is about control. So I felt like life was out of control. Without a spiritual understanding of life, life felt scary. I I felt out of control and life felt, felt out of control. Once 
I got the spiritual nourishment and wisdom, yes. then I was never running on empty anymore. And the world was no longer a, a haphazard, random place where anything could happen. No, there was a purpose, a good purpose to everything and mm -hmm. a good purpose to me being here. That changed everything. Mm -hmm. And I just love how you put that, Braca. how you said that. It wasn't so much the food, but there was a hunger inside of you. There was a longing for something more. And many times within ourselves, we're longing for something or someone that is greater than who we are, looking right. to different things, whether that's food, whether that's money, whether that's relationships, whatever that may be that we're looking for something to fill our souls. And so for you, it came to that point where you realized that what you were missing was that spiritual hunger that exactly. you really needed in your life. Exactly. We all have that. We all have it. Everybody, every day we need spiritual nourishment as much as we need physical nourishment Yes. In order to thrive in life. And that's what I didn't know. I, I, it wasn't recognized growing up that I actually was a soul. Yes. Without knowing that, then you don't even realize that you have to nourish the soul that you are because you don't even know that you are a soul. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what changed. And um, what I learned, basically, like, why does a person have an addiction? because it brings them immediate pleasure. And, and the reason why does a person overeat? Because they want the pleasure to keep lasting. Mm. So how do you bring lasting pleasure into your life? You recognize, you identify what brings you more pleasure than eating. There's so many other pleasures. And when you recognize that, yeah. that's when you change from from feeling a sense of scarcity in your life to a sense of infinite abundance. It, it's a complete change. Mm -hmm. and, and basically, it has to do with gratitude. It has to do with um, nurturing a sense of gratitude, practicing gratitude. Mm -hmm. And the more we practice it, Mm -hmm. the easier it becomes. Yeah. So um, like I give an example of an orange. If we eat an orange, it's um, we like, if we like eat it with mindful gratitude, we recognize like it's got this peel that keeps the juiciness in for months, you know, yeah. the sweetness, the sweet juiciness. And it's got inside the seeds that they're the seeds of eternity. They yeah. become trees. They become infinite mm -hmm. numbers of oranges. Yes. And, and they're individually packaged with so much love. Like, like they're green. Mm -hmm. They're camouflaged in with the leaves until they're bright and ready. We're ready. They call to us. They're mm -hmm. bright and orange. Yeah. And that's when we, get to eat them and that's when they're they're the sweetest so mm -hmm. they're made with they're made with infinite loving kindness and infinite wisdom when we eat them that way 
Yeah. We are nourished physically and spiritually. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how the natural world was designed for us to be uplifted physically and spiritually by experiencing all these pleasures. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and I want to say that if you eat a orange-flavored tangy taffy, even even the wrapping pollutes the environment. It it's not made with infinite loving kindness. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really actually harmful for our bodies. It's not not the same type of substance. It's it's yeah. a food like substance. That's so it, it does it, and it's designed to be delicious and addictive. Mm-hmm. While the natural foods from the ultimate source of everything is designed to be delicious and nutritious. Mm. Mm. I love how you really put those two together because a lot of times, Braga, people don't realize that when what they're eating may not even be food. But like you said, it's either a food particle or a food substance, and it's not truly food as it was created to be. And so it doesn't bring that level of nourishment. It doesn't bring that level of wholeness. It doesn't bring that level of healing into our lives versus a regular. And I always refer to this. I think Genesis 9-3, it talks about plants for food and animals for meat. So when we're talking about the re- the reality of, of what food is, that's like a basic definition. It's very simple, it's straightforward. And so we wanna be able to eat those things that are bringing nourishment to our, our bodies the way that it was intended to be. Exactly, yes. And, 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 and it fills us with joy. <clears throat> oh, it, it, it uplifts our spirit. It uplifts our body and our soul. Like the definition of food is something that maintains life and helps you grow. It doesn't help you grow in a good way. Um, the food-like substances, you know, they're, they're not designed to benefit us. Right? That, that's right. That's that's right, Braca. And so it's really um, focusing on those foods that are going to bring nourishment to our lives. It's focusing on those foods that are going to healing, um, focusing on those foods that are going to bring healing to every aspect of our lives. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what I explain that like in my, I have a let's stay healthy book. It explains like that the, the food-like substances actually take out nutrients from our body in order for us to absorb them because mm-hmm. they don't, they're not naturally absorbed. Mm-hmm. And I have another book called Hashem's Candy Store about all the amazing fruits and vegetables, how wondrous they are, mm-hmm. how awesome they are, that there's so much wisdom and loving kindness that we can find in them. And, and that's what that book is about. So I love explaining this to very young children. Yeah. And so for those are, that are listening, Braca, that want to get a hold of your books and just experience um, the gifts that you have, where can they find you? Oh, so my my youngest son and his wife, they... I. Like 39 of my books were published by 
I sent them out to publishing companies and they were published. But my 40th and my 41st book now, children's book, um, they were published by my son and daughter-in-law that started their own company, the Getz Bookshop. So that's our last name. And they are now publishing my books and they are doing such a beautiful job. Like mm -hmm. they've, they've taken my message and they've gone even further and they're creating like videos and audio books too that they're really using their creativity to get the message out. Yeah. Oh, and I love this, how it's like within your family. And so it's continuing, continuing to share that the messages that you offer, you know, to, to reach places that may not have been able to be reached before. So that is wonderful. That's yes, wonderful. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> so with the work that you are doing, Braca, what would you say is your um, greatest fulfillment in the work that you do? Hmm, great question. You know, I, I've also written books about the prevention of abuse. Mm -hmm. So, and that also, I, I say that all my books, what they have in common is that they help souls to shine. So part of that is having a healthy body for your, to be able to shine fully. And part of it also for children is avoiding, if possible, abuse. And if not avoiding it, reporting it, it it's, it's, it's basically helping children proactively about this, which is so important. So the most fulfilling thing is when I hear, I get calls from parents that the books are saving lives. My, mm. Those books are in almost 150,000 homes, which is so awesome. Oh, the, the, the people are really absorbing the messages and I, I do it in like a joyful way. That's the whole point. Take difficult concepts and explain it in the way that it could be absorbed most easily, which is joy. Through joy, mm -hmm. we, we, we can absorb things most easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it's, I love how you put like the simplicity of delivering the message. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It doesn't have to be something that you know, we get lost in the message, but it's just something so simple that even a little child can understand, an adult can understand, so that we can fully grasp the heart of the message of, of what you're sharing. Exactly. And uh, like sometimes after the holidays, people, you know, um, they want to start a diet or whatever. Really, it's, it's just about a mindset of just trying to put in more good things into your life. It's not about restriction. Just to overcome a habit, you need greater and more lasting pleasures to bring in. And how do you find more lasting pleasure by adding gratitude to your life? That's, mm -hmm. that's really the secret to happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being, being grateful. And I think that that's something that is so important to practice on a daily, daily basis that when we can be grateful and thankful, it doesn't matter how small we may think that it is, that it's still practicing gratitude. Yes. It is still practicing gratitude. Yes. It creates neural pathways. When we make those grooves, 
It's easier to travel on a path we've already created, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's it. Just Mm -hmm. keep being thankful for an orange, for a tree that we're breathing, all the body parts that are working. You will see how it fills up your life and you don't need as much outside Mm -hmm. things, external things to fill the hole. The hole is already filling up just from the gratitude. That's Mm -hmm. what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so, so powerful, Braca. And are there any final words that you would like to share with our listeners or any other things that are on your heart today? Thank you. I, 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 I'm going to emphasize again, enjoy the little things in life. Because one day you're going to look back and realize those were the big things. That's it. All the little things, they add up and that's that's what you need. Appreciate all the little things you have that you're breathing. Mm-hmm. You're giving life to the vegetation with every breath. Here's life. And the vegetation is giving you, here's life. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's, and move, get around and move and be grateful for all your body parts that can move. It's a Everything is such a great blessing. Let's Mm -hmm. try to not, to take less and less things for granted. And that's how we fill ourselves up. Mm -hmm. And even when you mentioned that, Bracca, it made me think that like when people get to the end of their life and you talk to them about what they've experienced and it's always going back to those little things, Bracca. It's not about the bigger achievements. It's not about the bigger accomplishments. It's not about those bigger things. It's about the little things, the quality things. You know, how did I live out my life here on this earth? How did I contribute to others? Did I, you know, connect with my family? Did I, you know, what did my life look like here on this earth while I was here? Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so, Braca, it has been my pleasure once again to to host you on the show today. I'm always happy to be with you. So, anytime, it's it's such a joy. Thank you. Oh, we definitely will be doing this again. I would love for us to talk a little bit more too. How you were sharing that you had a book about abuse. And I think that that's like a conversation that definitely we need to have with one another on the show. Would love to do that. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, God bless you, Braca. God bless you. <laughs> I wish you well. And I know that you will write many more books to, to bless our lives, children, generations to come. So thank you so much for being on the show today. With God's help, thank you so much. God bless you, Braca. Braca's personal account of overcoming food addiction is encouraging and enlightening. We all have an inner desire to satisfy the longing of our spirit. God created us as tripart beings with a body, with a soul, and a spirit. And if the spiritual need is unmet, 
it can lead us to pursue other avenues of fulfillment like food addiction that ultimately leave us empty. When Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well in St. John, the fourth chapter, she had been involved in several relationships that never satisfied her. Jesus told her that what she was seeking could not be found in a person, but can only be found in a personal Savior. He told her that he was the living water and that if she drank from his well, that she would never thirst again. She was so impacted by this divine encounter with Jesus that she went and evangelized her city and she told them that she had met a man that told her everything about her life. She had finally experienced spiritual fulfillment for her hungry, longing soul. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, when Jesus taught the Beatitudes, he said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you are someone who is struggling with a food addiction, I want to invite you to know the Savior, Jesus Christ, to fill that need in your life. And I want to pray with you. My prayer for every woman that is listening that may be battling with a food addiction, sometimes it's not what you're eating, but it's what's eating at you. What is eating at your soul? What is eating away at you emotionally that is hindering you that is stopping you from moving forward in your greater calling, your greater purpose that God has for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every sister who is listening to the show on today, to everyone that may be battling with a food addiction, trying to fulfill and bring comfort that is only temporary that can never truly satisfy. We thank you for the reminder that you've given us in the scriptures that you are the only fulfillment that can satisfy the desire, the longing that we have in our inner man, in our soul. So I pray for every sister today, God, that she would lay aside every sin, every weight, every care, every worry that would so easily beset her to make the decision to be intentional as we move into 2023 to let go of those things, Father, that are holding them back and to embrace a relationship with you. If you're needing more inner soul work in the area of food addictions or emotional health, I want you to message me. Let me know your story and how I can come up alongside of you to support you into greater health. Not only will I pray for you, not only will I provide 
godly counsel and advice, but I want to provide you with some practical tools. If you haven't had the opportunity to be a part of my Get Fit 21 group, I want to encourage you to do so. There are countless women in that group who report that the food addictions that they had, they're no longer facing. They're losing weight. They're changing their lives. Because truly this group that I hold monthly with other coaches, it's not just about losing the weight. But my prayer for you is that you become the healthiest version of the woman that God wants you to be. Whether you're battling a food addiction, whether there are things that you're experiencing in your health, there is help and there is hope for you. Know that my prayer for you will always be 3 John 2, that I wish above all things that you prosper and live in good health, even as your soul prospers. I'll see you in a few days. enjoyed today's episode. I pray that it blessed and challenged you to move towards living the abundant life that God has for you. If so, would you stop right now to share this episode with someone who's been praying to improve their health spiritually, physically, or emotionally? I would love it if you could take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know that you're liking the show. Also, it rocks my world to hear from you. Lastly, come on over to my free community, RakesiaMcMillanCommunity.com to grab your free gifts. I have everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses, or connecting. Also head over to RakesiaMcMillan.com to explore my health products and sign up for free complimentary health coaching. My prayer for you will always be 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and live in good health, even as your soul prospers. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.